Welcome to another midweek Progress with Unity podcast. Hot on the heels of another late, late show from Wigan Athletic. I'm joined this evening by Paul, who's in the virtual studio. How you doing, Paul? Doing fine, thank you. Good evening. Good evening. And Adam, who's taken time out of his work's Christmas do somewhere in Ormskirk. How are you doing, Adam? Yeah, I'm very well, thanks. I've just been to the Cricketers Ormskirk, had a lovely uh, steak, and I've had a few glasses of red wine, and the toilets in here are absolutely fantastic. 10 out of 10 for the toilets. Right, Wigan Athletic 2, Shrewsbury Town 1. What an absolutely breathtaking result that was. We braved the bad weather. We had the pleasure of an early goal. We suffered Shrewsbury's time wasting after they equalised. And then, right at the death, the Norwegian prince, Tello, scored an absolute screamer. How do we sum that game up, fellas? You, you, I think you've summed it up pretty well there already, Barry. First five minutes, immense. One of the goals of the season, that beautiful build-up player. Really good. Uh, in pre- Massey holding that ball up. Lovely pass to the left. Great ball in. Great finish to Iqua. Is it going to be one of them nights? And then <laughs> it quickly turned, didn't it? Um, they got on top. We struggled to get the ball clear. When we did get it clear, we couldn't hold it up. You know, in this sort of game, we're missing Charlie White. They get a deserved equaliser, albeit it might have been offside. And then into the second half, I thought for the first part of it, Shrewsbury looked again like they were very good. Uh, but something clicked in the last sort of 10, 15 minutes and it felt like one of them away games where we were going to score. And Asgard, brilliant finish. And then, to be honest, we could have won it 3-1, really, couldn't we, at the end with uh, the chance that Humphreys had. wasn't the greatest game in the world, but very, very exciting ending. Yeah, it was indeed. Um, some good performances in the... I've circled two or three here. Joe Bennett, Gavin Massey, obviously, Tello Asgard. I, th- I think you'd have to go with the guy who showed more impetus to get forward than the rest of them, and also the guy who scored the goal, which was Asgard. For me, it was one of those very patient displays again last night. Frustratingly patient at times. There was a lot of keep ball and passing it sideways and backwards, and we came on a bit strong at the end. I didn't think we were going to get over the line. I thought it was going to be one of those frustrating ones, but obviously we did with Asgard's strike. But the other thing to note there is that Humphreys was following it in. So even if the keeper had got onto that, Stevie Humphreys would have put it away. We've we got to mention Joe Bennett. Really, really good performance. His first league game since he's joined us. I know he played in the, uh, the Papa John's Pizza Trophy, but that was his first league game. And it's his first league game for probably going on for a year. I thought he was tremendous. Looked really cool on the ball, full of experience. Uh, links up well with James McLean. James McLean had his wrong, wrong coloured glasses on last night. He was, <laughs> instead of passing to the men in blue, we were passing to men in red, but that's another story. He had one last night. I don't think there were a few players, I think, who had one last night, and he was one. He didn't have his best game. I was impressed by Bennett, as you said, Barry. Asgard, Naylor, albeit I think a few Wigan fans didn't like the fact that sometimes he passed it backwards, but I thought he was solid. And I think they were the ones for me who were deserving of the man of the match. We'll come to man of the match in a moment because uh, the votes have been counted. But it was sad to see Jordan Cousins going off again with a, what looked like a, some sort of thigh injury, whether it was a, around the front or 
indeed his hamstring gone again. He took a, a bit of an effort challenge and you could tell he, he, he was hardly able to lift his right foot off the floor when he went off and, and Tello came on. We don't, it's something we didn't need because we've, we've missed him. We've missed him in there. Maybe uh, with Maxi coming back on, on Saturday, uh, you know, we'll not feel his, his omission that much if he's going to be out because I'm sure Maxi Power will just slot straight in alongside Tom Naylor. It's sad to see after he'd been out for so long. Yeah, it also exposes you if somebody else goes down, doesn't it? Naylor and Cousins were solid, weren't they, for about seven or eight games. So, you know, you want that you want that axis in your midfield back if you can. Yeah, well, I, th- I think one of the things as well, though, Adam, what you talked about, about some of the fans were sort of frustrated with the way we played last night. You've got to bear in mind that weather. It was absolutely shocking. In the first half, we played into driving rain and we were looking forward to the second half when we were going to play with it at our backs. But it seemed like the like the wind changed. It wasn't as strong in the second half, but it wasn't as her backs like we was expecting it to be. And I think that had a lot to do with the performance last night as well. And that ground must have been really heavy, really heavy. And I think yeah. the, the ground staff did a wonderful job there going that game on. You've you've summed it up well. And actually, uh, something else that summed it up well would be that the wind of change. And it was very much yesterday, the wind of change. In the first half... It, it killed us. And in the second half, it neutralised and we didn't really get it. Right, man of the match. Well, it was one of the three, Adam. It was Tello Asgard who got the vote, with Joe Bennett, a credible second. So, well done, Tello. Fantastic strike, fantastic goal. Stats from last night, 62% possession to the Latics. We had 12 shots on, on goal, six of which were on target. Shrewsbury had 11, with only two on target. They were a bit, little bit wayward. Bookings. Humphreys, he was the sole booking for Wigan Athletic. Attendance of 8,098 with 217 away fans travelling up the A49. Talking of Tello Asgard, it's been announced by the Latics today or this evening that he's been rewarded with a four and a half year contract, which is going to see him through to the summer of 2026. Superb stuff for the 19 year old Norwegian international. Uh, he's already made 46 appearances for us with four goals. Trying to remember where the, the, those goals came from. Obviously, one came last night. Didn't he score one direct from a corner last season? Peterborough away, direct from a corner. A fantastic reward. And obviously, that's put a massive price tag on his head as well if anybody comes around sniffing after him. Well, Paul, we've lost Adam, so it's just me and the Saturday, who was hoping uh, for a... A meeting up with our former boss, Paul Cook, but unfortunately he got sacked last weekend. So Ipswich are in town this week with John McGreal in charge of them. Before we start anything, let's have a listen to Ipswich Town fan Martin Lambert from Talk of the Town. He's going to give us a little bit of lowdown on why Paul Cook went and what he expects from Saturday's game. My name is Martin. I'm from Talking Town. Fan podcast about Ipswich Town Football Club. Our strapline is for fans by fans passionate instant reaction to the circus that is it just town football club paul cook got sacked this week can you give us a little bit of background about what happened with cookie yes paul cook did get sacked this week it, uh shortly after the nil nil draw at home to barrow league two strugglers the new ownership of the football club and mark ashton the ceo made the change uh it came as a surprise to some fans but not as a surprise to others i have to be honest i was probably in that in that second camp where i felt just things weren't improving under him and in-game adjustments weren't there or, or whatever it may be. 
but we're now sort of just in no man's land. We've got an interim manager called John McGrill, ex-town defender. We played Charlton on Tuesday night, got played off the park, didn't have a shot on target. You'd have thought we were playing Barcelona, not Charlton. So really bad at the moment. So maybe a good time to, to, to play us. Walton, Morsey, Evans, ex-Wigan players, how's the town fans taken to them? Uh, Walton was the hero on Tuesday night. It could have been a rugby score had it not been for Christian Walton. Slow start to his time at town, but suddenly coming into his own and fans are really enjoying watching him play. Evans and Morsey, on the other hand, mm, yeah, uh, Sam Morsey came into the football club. He's club captain. Fans loved him. And now that's starting to, 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 to turn a little bit because as, as performances aren't great, you start to look at players that, that are maybe holding midfielders, normally are first to be criticised because they're holding midfielders. Uh, and, and Lee Evans, no one's quite sure what he's bringing to the midfield. So every time you see him selected, you do think, why? Maybe that's something that you guys and girls at Wigan can tell us more of because I thought we were getting a great player in Lee Evans, but he's not quite done it yet. Bond is our top goal scorer. He was in on absolute fire, but he hasn't scored, in, I think, in four or five now. Joe Piggott, I've nearly played as many minutes as Joe Piggott has this year. That says its own story, which is another reason for Paul Cook's criticism. Joe Piggott scored a lot of goals at AFC Wimbledon. Couldn't, for whatever reason, seem to get minutes onto the pitch. Even in FA Cup games, he wasn't being given starts. So outside of Bomb, we've not really seen any of our strikers at all this year. Caden Jackson scored two against Arsenal. But he's been out in the cold, same as James Norwood. So you've got a collection of attacking players with ability and potential, but none that are really clicking right now, which is a symptom of how bad we've been and why where we are where we are. I can't be positive. I think we'll probably win Saturday just because it's very Ittrich Town-like. We'll, we'll play Charlton as if they're Barcelona, and then we'll somehow stumble into a win that we don't know how we've done it, put a spanner in your works, and everyone will be scratching their heads thinking, where do we go from here? Because we beat Wickham 4-1 on their patch. And and Portsmouth, we beat 4-0. You know, we've given some teams some hidings. But we've also, you know, made teams like Crewe and Charlton look as if they're the second coming of AC Milan or PSV. As as, as I say, it's the sort of game that Town haplessly fall themselves into three points and puts a spanner in the works because I can see a few fans then saying, oh, we've beaten Wigan. Um, You know, after a few days on the training ground, look, look what McGrill can do optimistic no probably just blind faith you know the blue and white coursing through my veins that is in in reality as John McGrill said in his, his welcome interview it's about keep you know about our football club in an hour of need he's stepped in and we just need to keep ourselves as close to the playoffs as we can be that John McGrill taking on a full time or somebody else coming in but if we can lead the club in a really good position I think is the words he used then that's all we need that's all we can do because the season's not over yet it's a long way to go Prediction for Saturday. Um, well, Hart says Ipswich 2, Wigan 1. But in reality, you'd probably, want, you'd probably reverse that and we wouldn't be too surprised and, and you guys would be obviously delighted with that. I think we've got more of a chance, funnily enough, without Cook than we perhaps would have done with Cook. Because I just think Paul Cook and Liam Richardson are so close that Liam Richardson knows when Paul Cook will zig and he knows when Paul Cook will zag. And I think they just would have cancelled each other out a little bit. Whereas now, maybe, who knows? Even we don't know what to expect with with, with McGrill. Uh, will Liam? Who knows? But I think Liam and Paul perhaps just would have been a, a, a nil-nil like it was last year. Was it not a nil-nil last year? And who knows? Had we beaten you and you gone down, we could have been anywhere now with the, the dream team of Richardson and Cook. Who knows? Well, Paul, he expects 
them to beat us because it's just like Ipswich to go and <laughs> make crew look like Barcelona and Charlton like AC Milan and then come to Wigan and, and beat us. Yeah, unfortunately now and again, it's just like Wigan to drop points where we shouldn't as well. Although it, it has been a while, hasn't it? And this side doesn't really have that in them like all previous Slatic sides have. I, I, th- I think it'd be interesting because they spent a lot of money, they've brought a lot of quality in and it, you know, at times, obviously, it's gelled and they've, they've scored a few. At other times, it hasn't. So, it'd be... Yeah, I think it makes for an interesting game. The fact he couldn't understand what Lee Evans brings to a team was a bit interesting as well. Well, he's brought some three goals and three assists. We saw him, obviously, and he, he was... You know, he was a, a good playmaker. So, yeah, it's a bit it's a bit surprising that they can't see that. Yeah, he was a big player for us last season. And yeah. also, Sammy Morsa, they're not, uh, they're not overly keen on, on Sammy. Yeah, I mean, you, you know what you're getting with him. You're getting a midfield battler who's just going to stick his foot in everywhere and, you know, now and again make a bit of something. But his main thing is stopping the opposition. Um, see if he stops us. Well, he, he, he's likely to pick a, a at least a yellow card up. Who's the referee? That could be an issue in that yellow card. Ooh. Oh, should we, do, should we do ref watch? Yeah. The, the, the referee is Trevor Kettle from Rutland. And this is his 19th season as a referee. Mr. Kettle's whistle never seems to run out of steam. He's ref the Latics four times. The last one coming last season in a 2-1 home defeat to Lincoln. And his last Ipswich game was in the Papa John's Trophy at Gillingham back in October. Card watch, he's done 16 games. And when you get in hot water, he gives out 62 yellows. And when you boil over, he's dished out six reds and six penalties. And that's Trevor Kettle. Your referee on Saturday. Uh, he's got a he's got a bit of a woeful reputation, and he's been around for donkey's years. Ipswich, we've played Ipswich seventeen times, won six and lost seven, and we've got four draws. The first meeting came back in nineteen ninety two in the League Cup. It was a, a two legged affair. We drew two all at Springer, and then went away to Portman Road and lost four nil. Last season, we lost the opening game of the campaign. A 2-0 defeat, which was uh, televised live on Sky. And then we drew nil apiece in March when Paul Cook was uh, in charge when we brought him here and we, we got a point off them. Our last win against Ipswich came back in the 2013-14 season. And we did the double over them, over them that season. And it was split between two managers. It was Owen Coyle. <coughs> Ooh, I've said his name. We won 2-0 at home in September. And then Hoover Rosler took us down to Portman Road and we batted on 3-1. The current form in the last six league games, this, they've drawn, lost, lost, won, and they lost on Tuesday away at Chelton. They've also drawn nil apiece with Barrow in the FA Cup, which apparently was the last straw for, for the owners, and that's why they got rid of Cook after that game. They're currently 11th in the table and they're on 27 points, but they have bagged quite a few goals. Yeah, they bagged a win against Plymouth as well, didn't they? Which Yeah, well, they beat Plymouth, they beat Portsmouth and they beat yeah. Wickham. They beat Wickham 4-1 at Wickham. So they, they pulled out some good results. How do you see it going, Paul? I, I think we've got a lot of momentum. At some point, that's going to just pop and go wrong. But we're absolutely steaming along, aren't we? we we're we're winning games where we're not playing at our best. You know, when we do play well, we go to places like Bolton and steamroll of them. It'll be better conditions than it was last night. And I'm going to go with the same result I went with last night, which was 2-0 rather than 2-1. 
I'd quite like to see Stevie Humphreys start up top and Callum Lang go back to the wing. But if their centre-halves are not as good as Shrewsbury's are, then maybe they, you know, you'll see a repeat of last night because Gavin Massey did all right back up, up top, didn't he? If Paul Coote was still in charge, I fancied us to get beat, if I'm being honest. I was quite worried about this. I don't know why, but I was. Since he's been sacked, I'm not as worried. They've got a good striker in Macaulay Bond, who's the leading goal scorer. He's got 11 goals so far this season in, in his 23 games. They've also got Connor Chaplin, who has been around quite a bit. He's on five goals. Surprisingly, Joe Piggott, who was... So good for Wimbledon last season. Has hardly been getting any game time and he's only bagged a couple of goals. But they've got quality up front. They've got some quality strikers. So that just gives me a little bit of fear. I think Morsi, he'll be too fired up for this game and I can see him, I can actually see him getting a red card, especially with Trevor Kettle, as you've mentioned, uh, you know, about his, uh, his, his willingness to, Dish them cards out. I can see Morsi getting a red here. We will make some changes to the starting lineup. I think he's going to be using his squad wisely. And I think we're going to get a 2 0 win. So I'm going to go with you, Paul. We're going to have to win 2 0, both goals coming in the second half. Some of the games of interest to Latic fans on Saturday it's a full programme and there are no midweek games. Milton Keynes play Oxford United. That's a little bit of a a, a sort of a derby game. Portsmouth are at home to Markham. Rotherham, who are sitting top of the table at the moment, they entertain Burton Albion. You'd have to fancy Rotherham for that. Obviously, we've got Ipswich. Wickham Wanderers have got AFC Wimbledon. Sunderland, they've got Plymouth Argyle at the Stadium of Light. So there's quite a, a few games going on there were Top of the table sides are meeting each other, Sunderland and Plymouth, MK Dons and Oxford. So we'll be taking points off each other. But as we just carry on doing what we do. I was looking at the table, Paul, and one thing that I, I note, I've noted previously, and I'll note again, we either win or we lose. We very seldom draw. The only two draws <laughs> we've made this season, and we shouldn't have drawn either of those, was Cambridge away, where we had a legitimate goal ruled out. And Wickham Wonders at home, we should have been 4 0 up before they popped that late equaliser. So we either win or draw. I'm very confident for us this season. I'm very confident. The standout fixture, as you say, is Sunderland Plymouth. I, th- I think both of those sides are now looking off the pace, aren't they? Pretty much. Although I suppose Sunderland, it, potentially if they get if they get a win, they're back in the race. You know, sides uh, are getting further behind us and dropping points if we win. We concentrate on getting our stuff right. We are the ones in the box seat. Just keep going and keep doing it and jobs are good. And- yeah, very exciting fixtures coming up over the next few weeks. A lot for us to look forward to. Hopefully come, come the new year, we can start to pull away a little bit and, and push on and ensure that we're in the top two come the end of the season. On that note, goodbye from me. And a goodbye from just me. Up the ticks. Up the ticks. Come on. <laughs>